0: Hello friends. Before we get things started today, I just want to give a special shout out to Steel Nation Pennsylvania hardcore. They just released a new album on March 19th titled The Big Sleep, and it, it, it they're just one of those bands that in, in my opinion, uh they could uh, like arguably if they wanted be the biggest band in hardcore w- cuz when, when I, l- I listen to their music, I can put it up against any other band out there. They're so solid and they've been solid throughout their their whole career. So it um, like when I look at them and I, I get it a uh, uh, little bit older, they probably have a lot going on in their lives and um, it's probably not their intention or they probably don't even want to become the biggest band in hardcore, but their music is just so awesome. And when I see a little promo for the new album, it just blows my mind. I'm like, dude, people are going to miss this album. So I'm just going to do my duty and let you guys know here that you should hit pause before you even listen to this podcast, before anything else. Hit pause, head over to Spotify, Bandcamp, Apple Music, wherever, and go stream Steel Nations, The Big Sleep. Support that band, ride for them. If um, they ever play a show again, or if anybody ever plays a show again, go support them, buy their merch, go buy their CDs. That band is so awesome. Those guys have always been nice to me when I saw them back at the Cobalt Cafe in 2009. I think that was, that definitely was the last time they came to California because I would have seen them if they came after. But, When I saw them in 2009, they were so gracious Uh, to me and my friends. We rolled out and they um, remembered me. I played with them one time. It was super random, but they were always nice to me. And if you remember, I had Ethan on, their drummer. Super awesome guy. So I just want to take time before we get started here to just let you guys know. There's a new Steel Nation album out titled The Big Sleep. Go listen to it and then come back and finish the podcast. Thank you. Today's episode is brought to you by From Within Records. Are you following From Within Records on social media? Did you see that Payback hit the studio? May or may not have recorded a new album. They got the Payback Mafia together to put in some work. I'm very curious. I got to kind of tap in and see what happened over the weekend, see what they got done, because I'm super curious. I I love Payback so much. So if you're not following From Within Records on social media go boot up your Instagram your Twitter and hit that follow button so you can stay up to date and see awesome stuff like that we're halfway through March and I'm counting down the days until April I'm so excited to see the announcement and the reveal of the one scene comp volume two I can't wait and I'm definitely looking forward to seeing who's on that and like I always say please support from within records because they support us streets of hate the infamous Streets of Hate. I want to give a big thank you to everybody who's listening that showed love and support to the Pain of Truth and Age of Apocalypse split. It's um, insane just the amount of uh, posts that I saw on Instagram and Twitter. And to everybody who pre-ordered a record, thank you. There's less than 50 green copies available. So um, if you haven't gotten one yet, do yourself a favor and grab one before it's too late. But seriously, shout out Nicole and Alex behind Streets of Hate, always working hard and doing awesome stuff for the scene out there in New York. On today's episode, we travel to North Carolina. We had to track down Paul from Fake Eyes, such an awesome band. And uh, from my standpoint, I really enjoy the music and I'm into the band, but there just seems like there wasn't a whole lot out there. So I had to kind of fill my curiosity, track down Paul and pick his brain about who he is and how he got to being in fake eyes and just hearing all about the band, the current material, uh, shout out to the latest record. A drip is all we know. And if you haven't checked them out yet, they're super awesome. They have demo uh, 2018 that's out there and their latest record. Like I said, a drip is all we know. Super awesome. I, th- I think the music is solid and I'm really curious to see how this band kind of fine tunes their sound and kind of finds their lane and perfects it because they could go wherever they want. They're all talented and I just love the music that they've put out. So it was a real pleasure for me to be able to sit down and talk to Paul. So strap in and I hope you guys enjoy this conversation as much as I did. So please, without further ado, welcome Paul to the show. live. Welcome to the podcast, Paul. How's it going?
1: Pretty pretty good. How are you?
0: I'm doing all right. I'm happy you're here. This is uh, you know, I feel like it's been a long time coming cuz I've uh surprisingly, but before I ask you to come on the podcast, uh people have brought uh, fake eyes up to me before and they're like, "Hey, like you should get this new band on the podcast." And I I'm, I'm always open to the suggestions, but it's just like I feel like when people make those suggestions, it's always at the worst time because they obviously don't realize the schedule that I have. So like whenever I get those, I'm like, all right, cool. Like I'll try to work it in. And I I always try my best to, um, you know, reach out to bands that I, uh, you know, find interesting or enjoy the music. So I'm stoked that, you know, you're finally here on the podcast to talk about your band.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm a fan of the podcast, so it's it's cool.
0: Thank you. I, I definitely appreciate that. Um, before we go deep into the band, I'm curious about your upbringing. Have you or are you from uh, North Carolina?
1: No, I was uh, I was born in Jersey, New Jersey. Like the you could say the Jersey Shore is where I'm from. Uh, I think some of the members of that show lived like in my hometown of Hazlitt, New Jersey. Uh, and then, yeah when when I was probably like 10 or 11 years old, my my family we moved to you know like a suburb outside of charlotte north carolina mm-hmm. uh so that was like almost 15 years ago
0: i've, I've never been to jersey uh, but whenever i think of like uh, new jersey and like the jersey shore i i always think of the um i think it's uh, the city of uh, toms river
1: mm-hmm. yeah that, that's i think that's pretty close to where i was uh to where i lived
0: okay th- there's this uh ufc fighter named frankie edgar who's from there so th- that's like one of the few, or first things that comes to mind when i think of that area but, but i've never been out there before
1: yeah, it's a it's cool. I like I like going back. It has a there's a nostalgia factor for sure. I think that's mostly w- what I like about it.
0: Do you have like friends and family that are still over there?
1: Friends, not really. No, like, ch- I mean, not really a ton of like childhood friends or anything. But yeah, most of my family lives there. It's just my parents and my siblings who live here in North Carolina, basically. Okay,
0: and what was that like, or that move like for you?
1: Um yeah, to be totally honest with you, it was really hard. I, you know, like, uh, yeah, that, that kind of was a formative experience for me as a little kid. Uh, I, you know, from, from what I remember before in, in elementary school, I, you know, I, I was like a straight A student pretty much and, you know, really well behaved and really just, uh, I was a good student. I was a good kid. And then, you know, when we moved, I think, you know, I wasn't ready for some of what I experienced, like just living in the South and kind of some different social customs and stuff like that. Um, It was a bit of a culture shock for me as like a 10 year old. And uh, it kind of had an effect on me. And it definitely like kind of threw me off that path of that, that, that like kind of academic path I was on. Uh, yeah, I remember doing really well before we moved. And then afterwards I kind of like, it took me a couple of years to really like adjust and feel at home. I don't know. Uh, that would, that was a really formative time. I, I wouldn't say, I can honestly say I wouldn't be the same person if uh, we had stayed. I, I wonder, I wonder how I would turn out if we stayed.
0: That's interesting. I, I when I was younger I, I was in middle school and my uh, parents had just got divorced and we like, uh, I, I lived in this house and thinking about it now is like probably like bigger than I remember. But, um, it was, uh, th- this house was like my, my immediate family, my mom, my dad, and my sister. And then like, um, my uncle had built like, like basically like a whole other house attached to their current house. So it was like two families, like in one house. Yeah. But when my parents split, um, uh, I guess my mom decided that we were going to move just, just to the next city over, but you know, me being a kid, that just seemed like a, like a whole different experience. It was just like, holy shit, we're moving to uh, – so we're living in La Quinta, and then we're moving to the city of Palm Desert, and that just uh, was something that I never imagined that I would do as a kid. And I, I didn't even know we were moving until I was in school one day, and I got – pulled into the office and they're like, Oh, uh, your mom's here to pick you up. Like you're leaving this school, you're going across town and wow, yeah. And it, it would, I was like, so surprised and like kind of upset because I didn't even get to say bye to my friends. And when I was that age, that's all that mattered to me. Like was like my group of friends. And, uh, you know, that, that was, uh, you know, so important to me to, to keep us all together. And then when I got that sprung on me, I was like, holy shit. And like, I had no option. I had to go, you know? So I, I went and did that for a year and i like begged my mom i was like i just want to go back like let me just live with my aunt and uncle during the week and i'll just come back on on the weekends and surprisingly like after a year of me like you know begging her to let me move uh you know to my hometown she she agreed but i went back and all my friends had gone to another school cuz like a, a new middle school opened uh-huh. up like across town so i was like why am i even here so I, I just like had no friends and got bullied um oh, which was which is funny, uh, but, but it was important because I realized at that point when, um, you know, people were like mean to me and it made, it made fun of me for the things that I liked. I was like, okay, there's no way I'm going to give up playing like uh, video games just to have friends. I was like, I'd rather do the things that I like and eventually find people that share similar interests versus just trying mm-hmm. to fit in. So uh, I, I appreciate that aspect, you know, that, that learning period, but yeah, I, I can't even imagine what it'd be like to like, you know, move to like a whole different state.
1: Yeah. That, that's a really interesting, uh, story that that's uh i don't know i feel like you have a pretty unique experience with your you know moving back and then none of your friends being there that's kind of weird but uh yeah i you know i i i feel like i can relate to that to some extent because it took me a couple years you know i was in the fourth grade i think when we moved so i took me a few years to really figure out where i belonged and kind of like find a group of friends that i could relate to. And, you know, I, I, I would say that I was bullied a little bit. I, 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 you know, I kind of overthink things like that and, you know, maybe invalidate my own experience to myself and just, you know, Oh, maybe I was just really sensitive or, or whatever. But I think it's important to be able to kind of just admit like, yeah, you know, those kids were mean to me and things just kind of sucked for a few years. <laughs> That's no secret though. You know what I mean? I, my parents know that and it was a weird time, but yeah, I, uh, I sympathize with you for the, you know, that period.
0: Yeah. I, I think back and, you know, uh, kids are even to the say kids are like some of the meanest people, man, <laughs> <'Cause> they, <laughs> they just have no filter cause they don't really know, yeah. but which is uh, kind of funny, but, uh, That's insane because for me growing up, uh, like, internet wasn't really like a thing yet. It was like developing. So, uh, a a lot of the people that I was like close with when I was younger were just kids in the neighborhood. Like, my uh, next-door neighbor when I was in middle school uh, was my best friend. And then eventually, like, just moving around a couple of times, we still try to stay in touch, but you know, it was just harder back then because no cell phone, no social media or whatever. So, Mm
1: -hmm. you know,
0: I try to stop by, but it wasn't that that easy. So I'm curious for you when you were younger, um, was that like you hang out with kids in the neighborhood or did you have to like make friends like online?
1: Um, I, I had a couple. Um, yeah. The first few years until, you know, for the most part I hung out with kids in the neighborhood and just like kind of played sports with them and stuff or skated or whatever. And, you know, I wasn't that into sports or even wasn't even that into skating too, to be honest with you. I wasn't, wasn't that good. I always kind of still felt out of place among the, you know, the skater crowd. And, you know, I definitely felt out of place with the, you know, the, the athletic kids, but that, that's just who lived like down the block. So I, I just kind of tried to hang out with them, even though I kind of, it wasn't until I really got into music and kind of met like kids that I went to school with who like the same music as me that I, felt like I had a group that I could truly fit in with, you know?
0: And um, w- had you always done music like as a kid, or is that something you're always interested in? Or was that something that you kind of grew with when you m- made your new friend?
1: No, I was definitely always into it. I, I got my first, uh, the fr- my first instrument is drums actually. Oh, okay. And my parents got me my first drum kit for like my fifth birthday or my fifth, I was five years old, I think for mm-hmm. Christmas, I think. Um, and that was really cool. Um, yeah, it was probably like a $100 like plastic drum kit, but I, I beat the hell out of it. And then, uh, so yeah, you could say I have always been into music. Did you keep up with it? The drums? Yeah. Yeah, for a while. Because um, I started playing guitar. I started learning guitar when I was probably around that time in like fourth grade maybe. Um, but it was, I was kind of doing both and I was mostly playing drums. And then I think I kind of committed to guitar when I was, I decided to, to make the transition into a identifying as a guitar player when I was about 14 or 15. Okay. And I haven't really played the drums too much since then.
0: That's interesting. And did you ever get another set of drums after that, like that first kit?
1: Yeah, I did. Uh, I don't remember even what they were. I I was still pretty young. I I didn't really Mm -hmm. pick them out. It was just my parents just upgraded because I could tell I was getting better. But uh, I think they're still in my parents' garage, actually. But yeah, I never... I I, I was still too young to really get into, like, I don't know, having a nice drum kit the way that, you know, I'm into, like, guitar equipment now, you know? Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. When I was younger, I had some friends who would play, like, the acoustic guitar or they would have uh, drum sets. And I was just, I was always so fascinated because it would just seem so foreign to me because I, to this day, I I don't know how to play an instrument. Mm -hmm. I tell stories about how I I was in this pop punk band and I played the keyboard. And I say, I played the keyboards. I didn't really know how to play the keyboards. I just made noise, but um, (laughs) it's, it's it's always just fascinating to me because I just think about it. And I, I listen to music every day. And I, I sometimes just think about like, man, I wonder what the like writing process was like for like, you know, this song or this album, Cause mm-hmm. I'm just not talented in it. And I don't understand it. So when uh, people like you make awesome music, it, it just always blows my mind.
1: Yeah. Thank you. Uh, yeah,
0: thanks. And did you ever take lessons or are you all just like self-taught?
1: I took drum lessons for a minute, for, for a minute. Um, my dad plays guitar a little, so he showed me the basics, mm-hmm. but I think, I kind of just took it from there. I never really took guitar lessons.
0: Okay. Did, did you ever uh, go to YouTube? Because I feel like uh, YouTube's a great place to learn how to do things.
1: Nah, I, you know, I was still a little kid when YouTube started. Mm-hmm. Um, I just didn't really understand it. I don't think I was really that aware of it at the time. I didn't, I kind of, we, we didn't really have like a computer in the house all the time growing mm-hmm. up. Um, so I kind of am a, a generation or so behind, I think on like (laughs) computer skills. And I think it was just not something I was fully aware of, you know, the possibility of learning, learning guitar through YouTube or anything. But I remember my parent for like my birthdays and stuff, my parents would buy me like green day and Nirvana, like guitar tab books Mm -hmm. came with like a cd or a dvd to like play along to i that's i learned a lot through through those books
0: and uh, at at that point with those books because i like i said i'm not familiar so do those books teach you how to read the tabs or did you already have the knowledge on how to do that
1: um my dad probably just showed me how to do it and then Mm. i would just kind of listen to the song and read along and then just figure out how to play it from there i'm not really good at you know, reading real music. I just yeah. kind of look at the numbers. <laughs>
0: yeah. That's, uh, that's crazy, but that's cool that you're able to learn at such a young age. The, the one time that I uh, was like trying to learn to play an instrument, I, mm-hmm. I was with some friends and, uh, they're like, we have to start a band. The, the scenes like lacking good bands. And this is when I was like living in Palm Springs. So, um, one of my, uh, well, I don't I, I shouldn't say friend because we don't really speak anymore. But this, <laughs> this guy um, that I used to be friends with, he, he was like, he's like, we need a bass player. Like, you have to learn to play bass. It's it's easy. Just come over and I'll teach you. And I don't think he realized that I'm I'm left-handed. Mm-hmm. So me I too. oh awesome. I, I I definitely didn't know that. But um, I I showed up and he he asked me. He's like, oh, are you right or left-handed? And I, I told him left-handed. And he's like, god damn it. And He got like super mad because he was like, this is gonna be like so so much harder. Like, I don't have a left-handed bass. And I was like, whatever, like, I'll just play um, right-handed and like, we'll figure it out. And I just was not dedicated. He, he like, mm-hmm. I, I think I tried like three or four times, like letting him teach me, but I was like, dude, like I'm moving. Uh, and th- the other guy that I was in the band with us, um, he had just gotten like a girlfriend and uh, I'm, I'm trying to remember the time. I think he had gotten her pregnant. Um, okay. So it was like, so things were getting more serious with them. So I was like, dude, as much as we want to do this, like, it's not a good time in our lives. Cause like, but, but like our buddy's about to have a baby, I'm moving away. I don't know what you're doing. So it's just like, do we really want to try to start something right now?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then that, that was the only time I ever tried to learn an in, instrument. Cause like, I, I wanted to be in a band. I wish I could, I I wish I had the skills now to do it, to, you know, try to give back to the scene a little more because mm-hmm. I love doing the podcast, but uh, <clears throat> I, I know so many people who are just so talented. Like, yeah, like I'll, I'll just start a band. Like I just know so many people who have so many bands going on. I'm like, that's a cool skill to have to you know to keep the scene going. It's pretty important.
1: Yeah, it's fun. But I think, you know, you're, you are giving back by doing the podcast and giving people like just a platform to kind of express themselves in a different way. You know, just like the way zines are or that, you know, at one point zines were like vital for like spreading information about
0: you know, so and um, you, you mentioned zines. I uh, like reading zines. So, um, you know, the like so I, I have some friends who, who do zines. Shout out uh, Carter Holmes, he does like the uh, From Within fan zine. And then I, I have friends who've just done like one off zines. And I'm like, dude, I, I want like more from you because they put so much effort into this one zine made it like made it, made it super cool and I, I, just, I just love getting uh, people's uh, perspectives on hardcore because obviously um, we you know view it and have different experiences so it's always fun to be able to you know kind of peek into other people's brains or see what they think about certain bands or musics
1: mm-hmm. yeah I love them There's it it's really especially now with like the internet there it's pretty obsolete like form of you know, media, I guess, but it's just, I think if you're doing it for like the nostalgia factor, that that's basically the only reason to do it and to just create something tangible, you know, that, that's really cool. Uh, I don't think it needs to be this like, you know, big production, like some of the, I don't know, like maximum rock and roll or something like that. Like, Uh you know, there's just no need for them really at all but I just like that people still do them because it's cool and it's fun.
0: Yeah. I like to see people get, get creative or like, you know, do those like uh, the digital like flip books and make it like a little more interactive. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, but for me though I, I always get lost cause I'm not like super into like the zine culture. So like I, I know the ones that my friends do and, <clears> and <throat> the ones that they repost, but like outside of that, I don't really know like what else is going on. So I, I'm always curious if there's like a, like a database or like, you know, of like, you know, the current zines going on. But.
1: Um, I, I, uh, there, you're not, there's not a ton. Like, it's not like this big subculture within a subculture or anything, but there is kind of like a little, I think there's a, the, the zine stirs kind of stick together. And I, I, I think, I can't think of the name of it. It's like, if you look up, like, if you just Google, like internet archive, uh there's a website i can't remember what it's called it's something like that but it has like a bunch of uh digitized like zines from like the past that are really cool to flip through and i like to do that in my free time
0: yeah it it trips me out when i see like old show flyers and like you see Mm -hmm. like some of the bigger bands now were like you know on like the lower part of the build back then it's like wow Mm -hmm. i wonder what it was like yeah And it's cool to see them, you know, that they put in the work and, you know, they were at the bottom of the fire, but now they're, you know, doing big things, headlining stuff and doing crazy shows. Mm -hmm. But you uh, mentioned you started playing the guitar around 13, 14. When did you uh, start your first band?
1: My first ever band, like ever was, I think sixth grade with like the first three people I met (laughs) that like, Mm -hmm owned an instrument like and it was just you know that we weren't even into the same kind of music like i was into at that time i was into like i think i was getting into like yeah that's kind of when i was getting into like the fat records like style of punk Mm -hmm. and then like the one kid just listened to i played the drums the guitar player listened strictly nothing but avenge sevenfold (laughs) the bass player literally liked nothing but Linkin Park and the singer like he knew a Panic at the Disco song I think so I think that was his credibility uh, he got a 100 on Rock Band oh, from 100% wow. singing uh, Panic at the Disco so we decided that qualified him to to sing and uh, they'd come over and we would try and play an Avenged Sevenfold song and we could never even get through it without getting distracted and that was my first band <laughs>
0: That's crazy. If that counts.
1: Um,
0: yeah, no, I, I think that's valid. Um, how'd you get into a fat record so young? Because I, when I was uh, in <clears throat> the sixth grade, I was getting into, um, you know, just like whatever was on TV. So I was a listening to like, you know, D12, like Eminem and like whatever was on MTV or VH1 or BET.
1: Yeah, that's cool. I, I, I think. I think because I was obviously really into like Blink-182. Mm-hmm. And they always talk about like that, that like SoCal kind of, they always reference those kind of bands. Um, so I think I just kind of, through watching like, you know, vit- like interviews with the members on YouTube and stuff like that, I just kind of ended up checking out, I don't know, No Effects and Bad Religion and stuff like that. Um, that was kind of like, you know aside like I've, you know the, the first like punk thing i got into was probably green day and then blink 182 and all that kind of early 2000s pop punk stuff and then whatever those bands like cited as their influences were kind of what i would check out after that and that's kind of what tended to uh, be the be, be, be my thing at that time
0: i got into blink so late <laughs> I, I, i'm not even kidding i i'm it was like 2019 i spent the whole year just like diving into like their discography yeah um one one of my buddies uh his, his name is brian uh he he was like super into blink um he's always talking to me about his, his blink 182 tattoo uh, i like he had some like rabbit or something and okay and i was just like oh yeah i and i only knew like their hits because I, I just never i took the time to listen to them but then yeah i spent like 2019 like a disgusting amount of time listening to every record that they had out and it was like yeah they, they made i think they were the my uh you know spotify does like the, the
1: <laughs> yeah the,
0: the spotify wrap up or whatever so like Mostly, it, it, yeah. the end of the year like number one was like blink and like all my top tracks were like blink 182 and i was just like i guess that's fair because i um, I, I really did listen to more blink than anything in 2019
1: yeah <laughs> that's cool
0: yeah and then i spent uh all of 2020 and all of 2021, um, I'm not listening to Blink because I was like, I don't want them on my. Uh, I'm trying to curate my own uh, yeah. <laughs> Spotify rap I'm already thinking about that which is uh, funny uh, but yeah I I, I, and I haven't listened to them since but great band I, and I, I'm sad that I, I've i never seen them because they've uh, done so much around like where I live but I just I was always just kind of be like just like super passive about it but it's just like once I got into it like really into it I'm like damn I'm an idiot this like like all their albums are sick so so at some point whenever in, in the future I'll uh, make it a, a point to go see them
1: mm-hmm yeah. Yeah. I think their, their reunion tour was like one of my first big kind of concerts I ever went to. Oh,
0: damn, What was that? Like, I, I always find the the word concert, like really funny. And like when when I think about like what, what a concert is versus like, yeah. like going to like a hardcore show.
1: Yeah. I, I kind of like cringed as I said it, but it, you know, it was a concert. It was in a, like an amphitheater. So like, you know, <laughs> but yeah, that that word always kind of just feels weird coming out.
0: Yeah, because uh, obviously, uh, I I have friends who don't really listen to hardcore, and then they'll talk about going to concerts and you know, like going to those bigger shows. It, it's fun. Uh, I, I I feel like I enjoy it and take it in because um, it's like a different experience. Because uh, you know, sometimes I'll I'll be there and like, man, like I, I wish I could like just jump off stage or you know do something crazy, but it's just like, oh, I have to be like you know tame, just stand here and enjoy the music. Uh, but yeah. it's, always, it's always interesting going to like a, a different type of show because I obviously we all listen to different types of music.
1: Yeah, they they can be fun. They can also suck a lot. <laughs> I, I saw Weezer with uh, on that tour they did with Pixies and uh, Basement a few years ago, and that was like probably the last like huge concert I went to, and it was had an awful experience. So. You know, I, I, am not really looking to <laughs> enter that world again. Why was that one so bad? Oh, just, we sat next to, you know, we, we, we had seats and we like, couldn't, we had to like sit next to random people mm-hmm. and they kept like, I don't know. They were fine. They just kept talking to us and trying to like pass us joints and stuff and pass us like bottles. And out. we're just, I'm just like, yo, i not into this at all.
0: <laughs> yeah. I remember I, I used to, uh, I was trying to uh, get into the uh, being like a professional um, merch per- uh, person because mm-hmm. I, I I I thought it would be like really fun until I figured out um, that I, it wasn't for me. Um, one of my buddies uh, worked that tour when it when it came down here, and he asked me if I wanted to work with him that night. But I was like, I don't really want to do that because mm-hmm. I I think at that time I was working like three jobs, and I just wanted to go yeah. home that's crazy yeah but uh, that's what when you mentioned that tour it, it reminded me of that time when i got asked to to go work it mm-hmm. that's crazy um so that did, did that first band that you mentioned did you guys have a name or did you guys just get together and jam
1: uh yeah we called it violation which is funny because i we didn't know that or you know that's yeah. that's a band so
0: i <laughs> knew yeah, young kids it's all right um <laughs> When did, uh, after that, did you, cause obviously it sounded like a, like a really like not wasn't super pleasant. Cause you guys were also mixed. Uh, did it take you like, uh, like longer to actually find people that had the same taste of music as you? And I'm sure like that experience starting a band with people like that would be like a lot easier versus trying to get this guy who, you know, was only good on rock band and avenged sevenfold dude.
1: Yeah, it took him a, a minute. Uh, so that was probably sixth grade. I think, Right after that, maybe 7th, 8th grade, I was playing drums in a in a three-piece band that was just like we all three were just obsessed with blink-182 and it was just kind of like let's just copy blink-182. Mm. Um but then I think I was when I was 16 or 15 was when I yeah, started my first band that like actually was decent and like played shows and did some stuff. It, I mean, it wasn't great, but it was, it was, uh, it was cool. It was the, it, it was the first like thing that I can say was I'm not that embarrassed of it, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I, I totally get that. Uh, like the two bands that, that I was in, um, we did a demo for, for the hardcore band, which is luckily like a, uh, it was on MySpace, but uh, it got purged when all the MySpace stuff got deleted. Uh, so that was like before Bandcamp and stuff. So it's it's really hard to track that down. I, I know there's like you know people back home that have like actual like hard copies of it, and I had it on my phone for the longest time because I, I I used to own an iPhone, so I, I had it synced up with like my Apple Music and everything, and uh, it was just uh, it was like a just a good laugh to go back and listen to it. Um, every now and then because this was like back in like 2008 2009 but yeah. then w- when i uh i got rid of my iphone i uh, lost the demo and uh, nobody that i hang out with like you know like my immediate circle of friends like has a copy and the pop punk band that i was in we recorded a, a an ep if i remember correctly um but i don't know what happened with that i don't think we ever put it out because i eventually quit the band b- before they mm-hmm. ended because i just got over it i, was like, I don't want to do that anymore
1: yeah, you got to hold on to that stuff. That it, it's fun to go back and you know just listen to where you were creatively at that time,
0: <laughs> dude. W- when I, so for the hardcore band, I did uh, I, I was the the vocalist and I didn't even know we were recording. I was uh, at home and I, I got a phone call. They're like, "Hey, uh, this guy who lives in your neighborhood has a studio in his house, and we're recording the demo today." And I'm like, "What?" I was like, "Dude, I've never recorded before. I don't even know what to do." And they're like, "Just <laughs> show up. It's fine." And I, I literally had no idea what I was doing, and and it was just obviously like I've only like played live shows, so like not being able to hold the mic, I was like you know in like this weird like studio booth thing, and I I just felt like I was really unprepared, and I was kind of upset because I I was just kind of thrown into it. I was like, and I wish I had more preparation or you know got to practice at least or something, Mm -hmm. but it, it was it was terrible.
1: Yeah, yeah, that can be hard.
0: I didn't like because I, I lost my voice. I was like, you know, trying to scream as loud as I could, trying to make it sound <laughs> cool. But it was just, yeah. I'm happy that we got it done to, you know, to say that, oh, cool. Like we recorded whatever. Right. But it was just, I felt like I could have done a better job. And just knowing that, so like whenever I would listen to it, I'm like, man, I would have done things like a little different. But it was just so much pressure there. We only have two hours. And uh, oh our, our guitar player at the time, he was like, and I don't know if this is normal, but he was like tuning in between every song. I was like, dude, we have two hours. This is just a demo. Like we're not like, on a major label we're like, you know, paying this out of our own pocket, like just get it done. Um, so yeah, it was a lot of weird pressure.
1: Yeah. That, that sounds, that sounds hard.
0: (laughs) Um, so with your old band, did you guys do like a, like a demo or, or anything or was that just like a new thing? You just do live shows.
1: Yeah. We had a demo that I think it's probably still on Bandcamp, but I don't want to say what it is because, uh, I don't want people to listen to it, but <laughs> okay, it was okay. It uh, it it should still be on there, but yeah, well, I've right. gotten better since then.
0: Okay, I'll I'll get the link from you. Um, one more okay, yeah, sure. Because <laughs> I'm I'm definitely curious. Uh, okay, okay. So, uh, you, you started. Uh, you know, that band had its run. Uh, how long until you you started getting into uh, like the idea of doing fake eyes?
1: Okay. Um. So that band, the one that I, I was just talking about, uh-huh. Grant, who plays guitar in Fake Eyes, was in that band. So I've been playing in bands with him since I was basically 15. Oh, okay. That's awesome. Yeah. So we have a pretty good chemistry, you know, for, like, writing. We, we work well together. Um. Uh, so, yeah, for after that, I did another band that was kind of similar. It was kind of like just title fight kind of copycat band. And then, mm-hmm. um, at the same time I started playing in bands with like the magnitude guys. We did like a pretty cringy, like youth crew band for a minute. And, you know, I think around 2018 was when I kind of, or, you know, 2016, I want to say it was when I kind of started like not, not being so, uh, just derivative and kind of able to like, you know, step outside of my influences and kind of just, I don't know, hone in on my own creativity in a, in in a little bit more of an original way. I mean, it was still like influenced by the same stuff, but you know, I, I, I guess in 2016 was when me and, and, and Grant from fake guys kind of started, getting into that kind of like, you know, hum, like centered stuff. Uh, and we did like one or two bands before fake eyes that were kind of the same idea, just cause we are both really into that kind of stuff and wanted to, uh, we just wanted to do something like that. Um, but it, you know, it took until fake eyes for it to really kind of become anything at all. Not that fake Eyes really is anything but you know you know what i mean
0: for now yeah soon (laughs) soon uh you you mentioned hum and i I find that pretty interesting because i feel like at at this point um when people talk about fake eyes like um they they always mention hum is is that uh uh, cool for you or does that is that kind of annoying that like it just feels like um it's like you're kind of like weirdly tied to this band because obviously like you know there's that similar sound
1: yeah i don't really care i mean it was like you know, it's definitely like the demo especially was like, let's just sound like hum because they're mm-hmm. so good. Like, if we can create something that's like a little bit good, then if it sounds like them, then it'll hopefully be like a little bit good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh so yeah, I mean, there's no like I'm not pretending I didn't mean it to make it sound like I didn't that was absolutely like what we were going for, was like, let's sound let's play in a band that sounds like hum. But you know, at, as things kind of progress with like the you know the that uh, EP we did. Um, I, I, I'm trying to move away from it a little bit, and especially more so now than ever. Like the new songs that we're working on really don't sound like hum at all. I think so, but you know I don't care. They're not. I don't think people are wrong when they say that. They, they're it's pretty it's pretty accurate. <laughs>
0: I found myself on the the hum uh, subreddit and I was uh, reading a thread of people uh, talking about fake eyes and it seemed like a lot of people were like really pleased with the sound uh, which I was like, okay, this is crazy. And I was like, I don't even know how I found myself here. That, like, Cause I'm, I'm going to be transparent. I don't listen to Hum. So huh. when I was there and I was seeing, uh, you know, obviously these like random Reddit users, uh, talking about you guys so positively, uh, because you guys, you know, had a, a, a great sound to them. I was like, Oh, this is pretty cool that these like, you know, fans of this band, um, are actually like in support of you guys and not like, you know, talking trash or you're doing anything weird, you know?
1: Yeah. I was, uh, pleasantly surprised by that too. The, uh there's definitely like a weird cult-like, uh, you know, group of Hum fans that kind of meet on Twitter. I mean, on uh, Reddit, I guess. And uh, when when it was brought to my attention that they were talking about us, I kind of was like, okay, maybe. It It made me feel good. That, that's it. I'll say that it made me feel good.
0: Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah. You should be proud of what you guys put out with that demo because uh, I I thought it sounded good, especially with the uh, you know, the, the two tracks that you guys put out there for, for it being a demo sounded uh, professional to me.
1: Cool. Thanks. Yeah. Our friend Jeremy did that. Um, he does a lot of the, a lot of the stuff that comes out of North Carolina, I think. Um, and he does a great job, Jeremy yeah. white.
0: So you and uh, Grant have been working, uh, you know, doing music together for a long time. Uh, I'm curious how you guys met. Did you guys like just meet at school or, uh,
1: it's actually like kind of a funny story. It's not that cool of a story, I guess, but like he's a couple years older than me. I was 15 and he was probably like 17 or 18 maybe Mm -hmm. when we met. Um, And I, I think he had just moved to North Carolina when, when from Missouri with his family. And I was kind of getting out of the, you know, out of the, I I wanted to get out of the group of kids I was hanging out with at school and kind of just like, kind of try and like find more out more about like the local scene and go to local shows and stuff. I kind of was just kind of on a different wavelength from kids at my school. And I guess I, uh, and so I was just trying to like branch out (laughs) and by branching out, I kind of just went on the musicians thing on Craigslist and, and just said, Hey, I'm, trying to make a band that sounds like basically it just sounds like title fight. Like mm-hmm. who wants to do this? And then, uh, yeah, he responded to that and <laughs> that's it. That's how we met. <laughs> that's
0: crazy. It-
1: I know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Cause that, that sounds kind of, uh, okay. It, it sounds kind of corny or it could be fake, but the fact that you posted that and then you got a response and here you are, you know, some odd years later and you guys are still doing music together. That's pretty crazy that it came together <laughs> like that.
1: Yeah, it speaks to the le, le, the legitimacy of it, I guess. But I, I also made, like, I drew by hand, like, flyers. Like, have you seen School of Rock?
0: Uh, it has been years.
1: There's a scene where he's, like, hanging up flyers, like, looking for band members, and he has the, his phone number hanging from the bottom. Mm-hmm. And I basically just, like, <laughs> drew a picture of me and wrote, you know, looking for drummer, guitar player, whatever. And I had my phone number hanging from the bottom, and I, my parents helped me, like, put them up around town. And I don't think anyone took my phone number, but that that's that's kind of what I was doing at that time, just kind of desperate to just meet anyone who, I don't know, just wanted to play music with me, I guess. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess it worked, you know, on Craigslist. That's, looking back, I, I don't know what my parents were thinking, just letting me, like, meet with a random person yeah. as a little kid, but... You know that's pretty funny. I think it's funny. I'm not em- that embarrassed of it, I guess
0: yeah because I uh, there's like some local um music shops down here that I've had to uh, frequent for uh, <clears throat> you know equipment for the podcast and um whatever I, my old roommate I, he was like really into playing the guitar, so I, I'd always just go with him to just go try to beat on the drums while he was looking at um you know seriously buying new guitars. Yeah. And, I, and we'd always laugh at the flyers because, you know, we'd see stuff looking for like a metal drummer that could play like the heaviest breakdowns. And I was, <laughs> and like, I would read that stuff and think like, this is a joke. Like nobody's going to respond to this stuff. Like I can play the heaviest breakdowns. I'm like, okay, this is weird. Yeah. But, but it's, I, yeah. So when I think about your, your, um, you know, listing for looking for band members, it's, uh, you know, it's cool that it worked out, but it shows your, your dedication to to wanting to to find somebody with a similar interest. Cause I, I, I definitely know what that's like, uh, being like, alone and looking for somebody to, you know, uh, or looking for just any kind of, you know, friends or uh, new people to just share similar interests with.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I was definitely really looking for that just cause I, yeah, I guess no one from school was really into what I was into, except for, I went to school with Connor who plays drums in a magnitude and he was great above me. And I didn't really know him that well at the time but I guess he was, I, I knew that he played in a band. Mm-hmm. So it, I, 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 I kind of a little bit aware of what he was doing, but I, I still didn't really know how to get in with like the local scene. So I was still kind of finding my own way, I guess.
0: Mm-hmm. It, when I moved to uh, orange County and it was it, like, I, I, when I realized that it wasn't what I thought it was going to be and I, I uh, didn't want to hang out with the people that I was hanging out with anymore. And it's always weird trying to like remove yourself and, uh, you know, and like just trying to do it and not have any like, you know, bad blood or whatever. Because obviously people are going to be offended, but it's just like, you don't understand. It's like, I don't want to be around people like you guys. Um, so you just, you know, just let me go. Uh, <laughs> so I, I, I was trying to find new friends and it, it was seriously so hard because, you know, at, at that point I was at least like 20, 22, 23. And I, I, uh, hit, like where I grew up at the time, there was really no comic book shops. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I'd really gotten into like right before I moved. So I would just hang out at, at our, at my local comic shop, trying to talk to the locals <laughs> that would show up. And I, I definitely came off as some like creep, you know, probably just like, Hey, like, what are you picking up this week? Like, let's talk about comic books. Um, yeah. And it eventually led to to me, uh, you know, uh, getting to know the people who worked at the shop and then, um, eventually in some weird way, I, uh, stopped shopping there and started going to this other shop across town. And the owner of that shop is like a legit friend of mine. He, he, uh, you know, he, he's been there for me when I needed him and, uh, you know, lifelong friends. And I see him, uh, you know, at, at least once a week. Cause I, I still shop at his conference shop and he's just a, a great dude. Shout out, uh, Enrique Hero you, but, uh, but yeah, I, I definitely know what it's like. And, and even now, um people listening that they can't see, but we're on video. But if you see like all these like things above my head, these are all like, you know, K-pop mm-hmm. albums. Um, and, oh yeah. And I don't know anybody like, you know, uh, personally that likes K-pop. So I've just been kind of going down this weird path. Like, and it started like uh, probably like, maybe at this point, uh, eight or nine months ago. Um, but uh, you know, some people who, who listen to the podcast reached out uh, on Instagram uh, you know, commenting on like the weird, like K-pop stuff and like the Korean dramas that I post they like, Hey, like we like this stuff too. Like, like um, what's up? And I'm like, oh, cool. Like, this is, this is awesome. Like, you know, people reaching out because, uh, you know, they like the same stuff and then come to find out they don't know anybody else that likes the same things either. So we just like naturally became friends. So it, it, I feel like it just kind of works itself out um, eventually.
1: Yeah. The internet is a lot, makes that kind of thing a lot easier. I would have had an easier time. I think if, I was, I don't know, using it more at that time.
0: <laughs> yeah, but luckily the person you met on off Craigslist was like a, um, you know, actually real and not some killer or, uh, you know, I, I've been watching a lot of like uh To Catch a Predator uh you know clips on YouTube. Oh yeah, yeah, because uh Chris Hansen recently did an interview with uh Vlad TV, <laughs> and I was, I'm just like so fascinated by um his story and like that whole like To Catch a Predator and those um news stories that he did, uh. Because it's just scary when you think about how um, the internet was back then. Because uh, I remember getting on like AOL for the first time, and um, my mom just being like, "Don't give out your real name. Like, you need a, a fake identity. Like, don't tell anybody where you live, and like just keep it secret." But now it's just like you know, uh, everybody plasters like their entire life on the internet. You know, every um, everything they eat, where they're going on Instagram, Twitter, whatever and it's just like it's just a weird how things have changed because uh you know back then it was uh way crazy Well, i don't even know it's it's still crazy to this day because like the the dark web and everything um that's a whole Mm -hmm. another conversation but yeah but i'm just happy that you're able to meet somebody real and uh you know not a a serial killer off craigslist
1: yeah i'm glad he's not a serial killer either for for all i know at least yeah for now
0: hopefully (laughs) hopefully grant is uh not but um
1: that's crazy so um
0: you and grant were working together uh, but uh where does the, the name of the band come from because I'm, I'm real curious about that say hey guys yeah
1: um i don't know i think uh the, the the guy who played drums on the demo my friend isaac uh-huh. uh I, i'm pretty sure he came up with it it was literally just us brainstorming random random words and i think he just came up with it uh there's no meaning behind it, really. I don't really think it's it's a fine name. I don't know. I've never been good with naming bands or naming mm-hmm. songs, even just it just sounded like well, that sounds like a band. Let's go with that okay <laughs> sorry and- no no real story.
0: I <laughs> oh, no, no, no. You, you don't need to apologize I, i'm I, I feel like I have to ask these questions just for you know my curiosity. Yeah I I'm always uh wanting to know where like you know the origins of stuff but uh when you guys uh put out that demo in 2018 obviously the the lineup was a little bit different back then versus now. Mm-hmm. Um can you speak on uh you know uh or excuse me can you speak about the member changes on you know uh why like Isaac isn't in the band anymore or
1: Yeah um I think you know like I said before Grant and I had been wanting to do a band that kind of sounds the way that fake eye sounds for a while. And we had done a few other iterations of it before that didn't work out. And I think the, the kind of like goal with this band was let's start it. Like, like let's just let you and me be the official members and we control everything. And then we can just have whoever play drums and bass. And it's not like such a commitment to like get all four people on the same page. And then you know they they you know Ian and Isaac played with us for a while and then i don't really remember why they stopped i think we just decided i don't know i don't really remember why i don't think it was a big thing we just had you know uh different people playing drums and bass and now you know the, we have like you know Alexa who's my partner playing bass and uh this guy Seth that we met a couple years ago playing drums and this feels like the most solid the lineup has been the whole time. And I think it'll, I see it staying this way. Um, but, you know, I think we just kind of were loose about having, you know, not, not, not committing too hard to any, to any one drummer or bass player, just because I don't know, we were sick of other people just getting in the way of our vision. Cause that's what happened in the past.
0: No, that, that that's totally fair. I, I feel like that's a smart move because you, you think about the amount of musicians that are out there and that are, are willing to play. Uh, I, I have this buddy. Uh, I, I probably shouldn't say his name, but he he's so talented. He can uh, you know play every instrument. Uh, he can sing, and um, we were having lunch probably like about a month ago, and he was uh, just complaining about how he wants to do it because he, um he he was in a band that that was gaining traction, but uh, you know pandemic happened. And I think that just kind of like threw off like, you know, everybody's just like, you know, whole vibe on the band. So, yeah, um, they just haven't obviously they haven't been able to do anything and, and and also didn't help either that they were in the middle of like doing like a rebranding for, for some weird reason. I, I argue that they should have kept the same name but they uh, I'm not sure if they even announced that they were changing their name, but um, you know, th- th- and they were just like changing their name and, and kind of just going in a different direction with their sound. And I was like, all right, that's fine. Like, you know, you guys are, it's your thing. I, I hope, you know, you guys, uh, you know, succeed, but um, it all just got put on pause with the pandemic. And then we we're at lunch and he's complaining about how he wants to do a band. And, but he, but he couldn't find members. And I, I told him I'm like, dude, you can play everything. Why don't you just record a demo yourself and then kind of seek out members afterwards? Cause uh I'm sure you could get a lot of people to um, agree to want to do, to do a band, but I feel like that's just a, a lot of talking, but I feel like if you were to present them with something like, Hey, like come do this with me. Like I got it like a demo, just learn the songs and then we can, you know, maybe try to take it a little more serious after that. Yeah. Uh, and I, I told him like, I I feel like he would probably have more success going that route versus like having people agree and then flake on him. And then now he's kind of back at square one with nothing. Um, So I, I kind of get with you and Grant wanting to just kind of, just kind of spearhead it and then just kind of find people along the way. So I I, I totally, Totally. yeah, I I can only see that because it it sucks when you guys want to um, obviously have a vision, um, but are are being held back by other people when um, you can kind of progress without them. Does Mm -hmm. that make sense?
1: Totally. Yeah. That, that, that works for us. Um, I I think that uh, what you described is a good, is a good way, you know, when, when one person has a clear vision to just execute it the best they can on their own. And then, you know, find other people to work with later once the idea is kind of on paper because then it it, 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 makes the beginning a little easier. I think I recommend it.
0: Yeah. And there, there could be people out there that, uh, aren't even aware of, uh, you know, you, like they could be on the same page as you and want to play that type of music or, you know, you know, or that music could, you know, touch them in a certain way that, you know, they didn't even know it was possible and, you know, bring them to you. So uh, I and and he's totally capable. So it's just like, dude, if I had your skills, I would do it. Mm-hmm. But when do you guys put out that demo back in 2018? Uh, do you remember what the re- reception was like?
1: It was pretty good, from what I remember. Um, I know we had a f- uh, the first few shows lined up, pretty 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 much right away. Um, when we started, I think that was when yeah that was around the time when magnitude started picking up a little more, so i I was more focused on that at the time, but uh yeah, a lot of i was you know just through touring with that band, I was meeting a lot of people and a lot of making a lot of new friends who just it's just more people to check out you know the new band I was doing and mm-hmm. I think it went well, and then you know a few months in, i think or maybe a few weeks in or something, uh Nick from uh numerality. You know, message. We started. You know, we made friends on Instagram, and he decided to re-release it. And that was that was uh, cool and validating, and made me feel like, oh, this is actually good.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like uh, when I look at uh, Nick and what he's doing with uh, New Morality scene, I feel like uh, he has like a good ear for music.
1: Agreed. Yeah, he's got. We I think we have a similar. He and I have a similar kind of taste uh in some ways at least and, and and you know his his kind of like philosophy on hardcore and what you know what what bands he wants to associate with numerality I, I I identify with that a lot and I'm really happy that you know he's been he's been you know in our corner for sure
0: yeah, yeah. I had him back on or I had him on the podcast back in the day and uh, you know, he, he it was a pleasure to talk to and uh, you know, stayed friends on uh, the internet and you know, uh, I I like what he's doing and I, I feel like yeah, he, he's on the ball with it with just uh, you know, the, the music and it, and I I like what he's doing too. Just staying busy, uh constantly just putting out uh, you know, bands and it's insane that he's just doing it. I'm pretty sure he's doing it by himself, right?
1: Yeah, it's pretty much just him.
0: Yeah, it's a lot of work. It really is. <laughs> um but you uh, link it with a new morality scene, which I think was uh, cool. Uh, and the, the you know demo 18 was or 2018 was out. Um, when did you start working on a drip is all we know? Cause that came out a couple years later. And I know that the catalog isn't that big, but I'm obviously I'm assuming you guys like to take, you know, you know, time and take writing serious when it comes to your guys' music.
1: Yeah. I think we probably started pretty much right away writing the, the, you know, the next batch of songs but with having an a, a lineup that wasn't steady um and and uh you know not everyone living in the same town and stuff it was i think that slowed it down a little bit um but also the songs are kind of long and we like to really add a lot and kind of like overanalyze everything and and or at least i do i think so I probably just it's probably my fault that things take so long because I just kind of want to make sure every, every note is intentional and accounted for, you know? So yeah, it took a minute and it was going to come out earlier, but it kept getting pushed back because of like COVID and stuff. Um, but yeah, and it, it just took a while. Cause I don't know. I just take a while.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, that that's really fair. I I, I get it because when you listen to the, um, is it fair to call it an EP? I guess so. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I feel like I, I can tell that you guys uh, or you took your time with it, uh, and I, I appreciate the the longer songs because sometimes things will I feel like just go by just a little too fast, which is uh, fine. But uh, I, I I like the I, I feel like it's just kind of like going on like a journey. When I'm listening to uh, you know the the EP because it cause it is long you think about the the four songs and it comes uh, you know was it like around like twenty minutes,
1: yeah, something like that.
0: Yeah, but uh, obviously you guys had the the promo in 2019 to um, obviously leading up to it, but um, when you guys finally put it out, do you remember what it was like?
1: Uh, a drip is all we know. Yeah, yeah, it was a relief just to have you know something that like i think started as mostly you know my kind of you know I, I think it's fair to say that i uh you know start start the writing process for the songs you know what i mean mm-hmm. they're, they're they're you know they, they usually stem from my ideas so i, th- I think that's not out of line for me to say, and, you know, having, having a collection of songs that were, you know, more or less my, like my, my babies, if you want to call them that being pressed to vinyl and having, you know, everything the way it is, it, it's really rewarding. It's really cool. Uh, and it, you know, it sucks that we couldn't tour off of it or play any shows at all off of it, but you know, we will. And the reception was pretty good. Uh, I don't, you know, it's not, it's not like a huge record or anything, but I think, I think it'll be fun to tour off of it. Having the, you know, we've been playing those songs for a minute, but it'll be nice having them out and people knowing them a little bit, hopefully.
0: Mm -hmm. And I'm curious about the title of the record. Mm -hmm. Is there a story behind this one or is it just something that one you guys came up with?
1: I mean, I, I picked it just because. It it it's a line from the first song, subsystem recognition, um, and I just thought it would make a cool album title. But it, you know, I think a lot of the lyrical content is a little bit existential, I guess, and uh, I think that kind of you know that phrase kind of sums up a lot of what I, where my head was at at the time of writing you know, big ideas, big kind of, uh, concepts. So, you know, yeah, that, that that's kind of, I just thought it was a good, all encompassing phrase and, you know, I think it sounds cool. It sounds cool to me. So mm-hmm.
0: yeah. that's it. Yeah, no, it, it sounds interesting. Uh, but, but I'm, I am curious, uh, no lyrics up on the new morality zine band camp. Can we contact Nick maybe get, get some <laughs> lyrics up there?
1: Yeah, sure. I'll, uh, I'll text them. I'll text them after this.
0: Okay. Cuz I, I appreciate it uh you know the, you, you having the lyrics up on uh, your guys' Bandcamp for for the demo. Um but we gotta, Yeah,
1: I guess you probably can't really understand them.
0: <laughs> uh no, you you can, but I I just like to I uh, I feel like it's easier and uh, for me to want to like, you know, overanalyze and just kind of try to take things in a little more.
1: Yeah, understood. Yeah, I'll 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 talk to him about that.
0: Okay. Uh when you guys were putting out the record, uh you guys had an interesting, or excuse me, interesting uh piece of merch. You guys had some like plushies made.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, and I I don't think I've like I I like you know, as long as I've been around like I I can't think of a band that's ever uh, done that. Um, if I'm, you know, wrong, please somebody out there correct me. But I I thought that was cool cuz for bands to, you know, get that creative and for you guys to want to step out and do something like that, which isn't like your common merch item for for a band in our space, uh, you know, how did that come out?
1: they came out cool. Um, I think it was Nick's idea. Um, and our friend Renee, you know, drew made, made the drawing that started out, you know, they gave, gave Nick the idea to do the plush toys or maybe it was Renee's idea. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I don't, I think we were just trying to come. I, 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 I really like weird merch. Um, I like the, I have that super that super crush record came out. It's the thing that sold me was the tennis ball. Mm-hmm. came with like tennis balls with the name on it I just think that's so cool I have it like displayed up on my top of my record collection but uh yeah I think it was just an exciting new thing to do I don't know I don't remember how many we did I don't think it was like a huge I don't think a ton of people really jumped on it or anything but it was it, it's cool it's just interesting and it's kind of funny
0: yeah no I, I I think it's interesting um yeah because I, I I was looking but I, I don't even think they're still available so I don't know what happened to them
1: yeah, I don't think there was many made. Maybe like thirty or something. Yeah.
0: But 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 I but I like that. That, that, that was a cool idea. Um, and you guys got some posters made. Shout out to uh, Look Beyond Press, Evan and Zach.
1: Oh yeah, those came out amazing. I love them.
0: Yeah, and I, I I like that you guys did the the two colorways.
1: Yeah, that was all them. That was that was all their idea. I think he just hit us up and was like. Hey, do you want to do this? And I was just like, "Yeah, this is great." Mm-hmm. That—that's literally it. it. You know, all thanks to all thanks to Look Beyond.
0: Yeah, uh, they've uh, done some pretty cool posters, and I—I I, I like that bands are uh, you know willing to uh, work with them and just you know, put out just more like more tangible things for uh, you know the fans out there to to purchase. I I think it's cool to to have uh, you know posters, plushie dolls, you know, um, outside of just the normal stuff like records and t-shirts and stuff, you know. Totally so you mentioned uh, uh you know wanting to you know play these songs live uh you, you guys did a run with uh, soul blind mm-hmm. can you talk about what what that experience was like cuz i love that band and I, I wish something like that would make it out to the west coast like uh fake eye soul blind i, I think you know you guys linking up with like modern color or um, anybody else out here i would just be super awesome
1: yeah love modern color too i think i would love to do stuff with them uh the soul blind tour was cool it was cool to like tour with a band who kind of like, you know, comes from the same like kind of hardcore perspective, but isn't strictly a hardcore band and kind of like, you know, they they get where we're coming from. We kind of get where they're coming from. And it's just, there was a mutual understanding, I think. And uh, the shows were really good. Um, they were really cool. We played with a lot of really cool bands Um yeah, it was a lot of fun. That's all I can say about it.
0: I I am curious. W- when I was um uh, trying to find some live sets of Fake Eyes, there's there's not that much out there. Yeah. Which I'm kind of curious about is that uh, by design, are you guys trying to be a, a little mysterious, or are people just not recording you guys' sets?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I I don't really know. Uh, I wish there was more. I wish there was a little more because I think the two or three sets that are on there on youtube just aren't that good and uh i kind of wish something cooler was on there but i also just feel kind of like weird asking someone like hey will you film us i just kind of want someone to do it on their own because it just feels weird like narcissistic to just be like yo man film me <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah no i i can totally get that yeah yeah, I, I I would feel weird uh, Yeah, being like, hey, my band's playing. Can you please be here and film us so we can put it on YouTube and get more exposure?
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's just not my vibe, but I do wish there was more.
0: Okay, well, hopefully uh, in the future when shows are starting to happen again, you guys are just in the right place at the right time and there are some awesome filmers there that would capture your guys' set.
1: Yeah, anyone listening, uh, if your phone happens to be pointed at me, you know, I won't, I won't say anything.
0: But I I do find it interesting and cool that there was a video from you guys' first show. Cause I feel like that's pretty cool to be able to look back on that moment for the band.
1: Yeah. I, that's a fun video and you know, we didn't play like the tightest or anything, but it was fun. Cause our set was a good length, but we only played three songs and I kind of was, that was cool for me. And you know, we played like, with a lot of friends bands and stuff and it was just good vibe that whole show it was an awesome first show to have and you know we, we definitely stood out obviously especially with having the long songs and being the only like kind of melodic band on the bill but i like that it was fun hmm.
0: so uh, we, we talked about uh, soul blind um, but like your band fake eyes you're one of those bands that isn't hardcore but it's like closely tied to the hardcore scene and obviously you, you play the, the, the hardcore bills. Um, is, is that something that um, you enjoy? Cause cause I, I think it's, it's not like weird, but it's, uh, but it's cool that there's, uh, these bands that obviously aren't hardcore bands, but they can come into our culture and be like fully accepted. And then there's like, you know, certain bands that like we'll champion and try to you know, push them as hard as we can. And I feel like uh, fake Eyes is going to be one of those bands.
1: Yeah. I, I enjoy that uh i've always enjoyed that kind of music that like you know the title fights and the texas is the reasons and stuff like that quicksand just like you know bands that are like you know post-hardcore i guess is like the the term that's, that's something i really think is cool especially from like the 90s perspective so i think people thinking of us in that way is really cool just because that's what i'm a fan of um i i I like playing hardcore shows i like playing you know indie kind of shows or shoegaze with shoegaze bands or Mm -hmm. whatever i like playing all of it i like all those kinds of music so it's not a big deal and but you know playing hardcore shows is fun
0: yeah because um I feel like, and you also, I'm like, I'm sure you've experienced the the two different uh, types of bands. Because obviously, um, you know, you're in magnitude. So seeing what a magnitude show is like versus uh, what a fake eye show is like, I feel like it's just like, you know, um, just two totally different things.
1: Totally. Yeah. And there are things about, you know, playing in a band like Magnitude that I don't like that I get to kind of be submerged in like the opposite for fake eyes. And that's refreshing. Um, but, you know, playing in magnitude was fun too, because it's fun to see people go crazy. They're both great in different ways.
0: Yeah. I'm I'm curious uh, if you can see this sign back here.
1: Yeah. I saw, I noticed that <laughs> earlier,
0: dude, I, uh, and I have this uh, sign from FYA that I, I took off the front door I, I had to leave with something because that weekend was, uh, for me, um, something that I'll, I'll never forget. Yeah. And and I, I've talked about it like a million times. Uh, and I, I, I definitely toned it down because that was, uh, you know, uh, two years. No, um, over a year ago at this point. So I feel like people have heard enough about it. But I'm curious uh, what that weekend was like for you. Because I remember your, your guys' set and it just being uh, super insane.
1: Oh, I mean, without a doubt, one of the best magnitude sets. It was one of the best... Probably one of the best days of my life. You know what I mean? Just like the like it's just wild to like create that kind of reaction um and just you know be the thing that makes people do those things. That that's really weird. And it's really unique to, you know, our subculture and I really like that. And I had a lot of fun doing it. That that that, that show is unforgettable. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Legendary. I, I'll, I'll, like I said, I'll never forget that weekend. And yeah, I, I was compelled. I was like, I, I was like, I hope I don't get in trouble, but I'm just going to do it anyways. I'll, I'll just, um, you know, uh, I'll figure it out. So I, 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 uh, took that off the front door and I was just like, I have to keep this perfect, like all the way to California. Yeah. And, um, I actually, um, I, I went with, um, Evan from look beyond. Um, he was like part of the group that I went with and I, I, I left it with him, which was sad because like we had to leave him in Florida because he got sick. Um, but he he bought a bunch of posters, so um it, he kept them all flat. I forgot what he put them in. I'm trying to remember, but I was like, please just put this in there. Um, it's not that big, and I'll pick it up from you when whenever we we get back to California. Like we'll, we'll link. But um yeah. So I I brought that all the way home, and I, I went and bought a frame for it, and I hang it proudly on, on my wall. It, it looks like some weird award, but it's literally just the the welcome sign. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, but, but it definitely means a lot to me. So it, it, it's pretty funny. And, and I have sh- and I have shown it to, to, to Bob Wilson and he, he thought it was uh, like pretty funny that, that I took that. Uh-huh. So shout out to uh, Fya. Hopefully we'll get back to it soon. Totally. So uh, you briefly mentioned uh, new songs from Fake Eyes. Uh, can we expect anything a- anytime soon? Cause I know it's, uh, uh, it hasn't been a year since uh, a drip is all we know, uh, you know, has been out, but uh, I- I'm curious. Uh, are you guys going to put, try to put something out this year or are you just going to, you know, um, take your time and maybe wait a little longer?
1: We're working on what I'm going to refer to as an LP. Uh, okay. Awesome. Hopefully it works out to be an LP and that, I can actually come up with enough songs, but, uh, that's the goal. Mm -hmm. And it would be great if it, if they would come out in 2021, probably closer to like the fall winter time, I would, I would assume it's, we're kind of still kind of in the middle ish part of the writing process. And, you know, things still need to be figured out, but 2021 would be cool to have it out.
0: Yeah, and you mentioned um, LP, and when I think about the amount of tracks on an LP versus like the length of your guys' songs, I feel like that's going to be awesome. Like I, I'm, <laughs> I'm not sure if people are going to be um, super into um, it if it's going to be that long, but I, I feel like that's yeah. something that that I would love.
1: Yeah, you're not the first person to say that. I mean, I think if if we kept going in the direction we're going it'll probably end up being like an hour long, but I think we've kind of made some changes sonically, I think that are pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And uh, part of that is not having quite so many long songs. Okay. Um, but they're still not short either. Uh, so far, you know, everything's subject to change, but I'm not trying. We It was never a goal to write like seven minute songs. It was just what happened. Yeah, for sure. And I think we're in a nice, cool, like four minute spot right now. And that's that, 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 feels a little, a little better to me.
0: Yeah. You kind of found that, that happy medium.
1: Yeah. But you know, we'll see.
0: (laughs) Okay. So you're working on the LP or about like three years into fake eyes being, you know, out for everybody to, to, to listen to, uh, can you talk about what this whole experience has been like so far like for you because I know you, you've been like this lifelong musician, but it, but it, I, I think it's awesome for um for for me to watch uh, someone like you I'm um, after hearing your story uh, you know to see things finally working out for you guys when when it comes to music
1: mm-hmm. yeah, uh it's been really fun um you know, like I said it it around the demo time it really did inevitably take a backseat to what. I was doing with Magnitude at the time, but, you know, uh, we still made time to do stuff and to tour and people, you know, seem to appreciate it on its own, you know, for what it is and not really, uh, it's not the kind of thing that's like hopelessly like attached to a band that I used to be in, you know, so Mm -hmm. that's cool that it kind of exists on its own. I like that. Uh, and, you know, I, I think 2020 would have been a bigger year for the band than it ended up being, but, you know, you know, it's, it's okay. You can't be too attached to things, but, uh, yeah, I, I plan, I plan plan on touring for sure. Like that's going to happen once it's possible. And, yeah, I'd like to see where it goes. I'm not I'm not really I don't have huge ambitions or anything, but I just want to play these songs. I really like them. And that that's really it. I just like to play the songs. They're fun.
0: Yeah, I honestly I feel like I was uh, late to to fake eyes cuz obviously I uh, saw your guys's name, uh, you know, floating around and when uh, Drip is all we know was out, I saw you know people posting it everywhere, but um you know, for, for me I just kind of take my time. I'm not trying to uh, you know uh, be like the biggest fan on day one um if i am cool but it's just like i don't want to listen to something because i'm being like pressured into it you know if that makes sense just because everybody's listening to it I, I feel like i'm better off just kind of taking it in like on my own time uh you know whether it be if i'm like you know on a drive or just uh, you know just at home just up, like, okay cool i can i'm finally gonna go click that link and see what this band's about so i, I feel like i was um, late to you guys, but I think it's cool to to see that uh, so many people were you know trying to spread your guys's word early on because it shows me that uh, people actually um like the music a lot and want to see you guys uh, you know succeed.
1: Yeah, yeah, I I agree with you on the you know listening to stuff on your own time thing. Mm. Uh, that that's that's a, I think in my opinion a good way to to go about it because it's a little more genuine, but. Yeah, uh, people seem to be into it. That's all I can say. You know, it's not like I don't want to act like I think it's this huge deal or anything because it's not, but it's people like it for sure. And that doesn't go unnoticed.
0: Yeah, well, I'm real curious, uh, especially now, because I feel like I'm obviously the the world's changing again when you think about how uh, these vaccines are getting distributed and we're seeing States starting to like fully open. So it's actually giving me uh, hope that things are going to get better a lot sooner than we think.
1: Yeah, I think it it seemed like, you know, things are getting, obviously shows are getting announced for like the fall, Mm -hmm. which is cool. I, I, in my opinion, maybe a little bit ambitious, but I think what we were, you know, a year ago when we, when we were kind of our most optimistic timeline seems to kind of be working out, mm-hmm. which is really cool.
0: Yeah, I, I was like super skeptical like just a few weeks ago, but and this probably sounds dumb to a lot of people, but um, the fact that uh, Disneyland, which is like a big deal out here wh- where I live, uh, the fact that Disneyland has like a reopening date um, to me shows that Uh, things are trending in the right direction uh, because they've been fighting to, to to get open, and obviously there's like weird like political stuff behind scenes. But the fact that we're at the point now where, um, you know, Disneyland is opening back up, and then, like I said, uh, I, I know I, I know like a crazy amount of people who who've gotten vaccines. Like my mom just got a vaccine like yesterday, mm-hmm. um, and it's just like okay, cool. Like I, and like th- these are the people that I know, so I'm sure there's like way more people that I don't even know exist um that have gotten the vaccine and um, are you know fighting uh you know the COVID nineteen that way. So I'm just uh, feeling a lot better about it if I'm being honest.
1: Yeah, it's it's great. I got I just got my first shot on Monday, oh. and I, you know, provides a lot of peace of mind. A lot of people my age and who work in, you know. the the grocery store frontline, line essential worker businesses like we're all moving in the right direction, and I, I it, it happened sooner than I expected, so I'm not complaining. It's 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 a relief.
0: Do you mind sharing, or do you, uh, do you know which shot you got? Uh Pfizer. And, I, and I'm curious, were you able to choose which one you got or was it just based on the location you went to?
1: Um, I didn't know until like literally after I got it.
0: <laughs> oh really? Okay.
1: I mean, I knew it wasn't the Johnson and Johnson because I knew it was going to be two shots, but
0: mm-hmm.
1: it wasn't until they gave me the paper that said which one it was. I was like, Oh wow. I think Pfizer is the, the one that's, you know, supposed to be like a little bit better, mm-hmm. but they're both great. Uh, I didn't really know that. I, I didn't really care. Honestly, they both seemed fine to me. So
0: okay. See, uh, I was hoping that I would show up and they would like present like a menu, like, okay, which one do you want? Just check <laughs> this box. But, um, yeah, like even like, um, my buddy, I, I yeah, I, I want to say his name so bad because it's so funny. I, he, he got vaccinated, I think like, uh, yeah, two days ago, cause we'd hung out and, and he, he, he told me about it and, um, uh, his line of work uh he shouldn't be able to have gotten one you know mm-hmm. and and I was like oh like how did you get one and uh, he he told me he's like oh well like w- my buddy works at the the spot so he just kind of um filled me in and I just showed up and I was like okay cuz like I, yeah and I was like that's cool like I uh, I'm glad that you got it and you're uh, you know trying to help and fight it that way and I'm wanting to get uh vaccinated so I can just you know kind of have be a little little more peace of mind when when I think about it because I I got COVID at at this point probably like almost two months ago now Mm -hmm. and you know beat it 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 was it was fine Uh, you know just was sick for a little bit and then here we are now i'm I'm okay i was you know i survived but I, i'm just uh, wanting to kind of have a little more armor what when it comes to it that's the way that i look at it like cool like let me get these yeah. shots covid ain't coming back I, i'm wanting to know against covid and i'm trying to keep that positive record you know
1: yeah absolutely
0: yeah even though because i obviously uh i i guess like the cases of people getting it you know multiple times is rare but i just don't want to you know be in that class because it, it, it was not a pleasant experience i was uh you know because obviously you know people it affects everybody differently but for me I, I was down for like like a week and a half two weeks
1: yeah, yeah. totally yeah. yeah i think there's also like it sounds like there's some degree of immunity for a few months at least so mm-hmm. that should buy you some time until you can get the shot
0: yeah but i'm still out there trying to dodge people like like when, when, yeah. I, when i'm out in public in my eyes everybody has covid and get away from me
1: yeah absolutely <laughs> Yeah, I'm kind of desensitized to it just because I work in a in a store. I work in a Whole Foods, so like, I just like I'm around hundreds of people a day, and mm. you know, that's really stressful. But I guess I got used to it.
0: <laughs> yeah, and if I'm being honest, I the, the like you know I, I I got it in 2021, but all of 2020 I was basically expecting to get it because of work, mm-hmm. uh, but. Uh, but I, but I didn't, and I'm not even sure where I got it. Uh, when I did, people were asking me like, "Oh, like, what were you doing? Were you out partying?" And I'm like, "No, I don't do anything. I work, do the podcast, and go to the record store and the yeah. comic shop." So, got it at one of those places, but I'm not sure where. But it was pretty funny. I was getting, um, because uh, obviously I, I got tested uh, multiple times and. I was getting calls like on my phone, like California COVID teams calling you. I was like, how the hell is this popping up in like my, my, my contacts with like their name?
1: Uh huh. Like, That's this weird. Switch? Yeah.
0: And they're like, well, you've been reported to the orange County, uh, COVID tracker. Your case has been, uh, you know, uh, tracked down. I was like, oh, this is weird.
1: That is weird. Maybe they really are tracking us. Well, maybe it's not the vaccine that's going to track us. It's the, it's the virus itself.
0: It's the virus. Well, you have uh, been chipped, you know, in your first shot. You, you just, yes. you, we, uh, we, we actually talked about it the other day, right?
1: Yeah. I think you responded to my story.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause, and then somehow we we got to talking about Taco Bell, which actually our conversation <laughs> about Taco Bell, I went and got Taco Bell the other day, so they should cut you a check that. Um, I brought in business. <laughs> yeah, I and I got some potatoes. So shout out to Taco Bell's potatoes—they're back. If, if you're not aware, I, I was actually kind of nervous to order them because they weren't on the menu. So I just, uh, you know, uh, told the guy uh, that I wanted the potatoes in my crunch wrap, as if I knew they were there. But I was like, I was seriously sweating. I was like, I was like, I'm going <laughs> to sound like an idiot if he tells me that they're not back yet. But um, but luckily they, they were, and, and he put them in there, and I, I sounded like a professional, but I was seriously so nervous
1: yeah that's nerve-wracking i ordered uh, you know the day after they announced it or whatever i was like all right i'm gonna go get some of those potatoes Mm because they're so good and then i ordered it i ordered it and and and, uh there was like a five second like moment of silence and i was like oh my god am i about to get like laughed at Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) yeah it's, it's always uh nerve-wracking but i i did see my buddy shout out ron from buffalo he was posting his order about how uh you know he, i guess he'd been counting it down the days to go back to be able to give him his his taco bell order so uh i i said that's pretty funny but it, it, it was definitely a, a big deal when they got rid of it which uh, I'm, I'm always curious on like why they made that that decision
1: yeah i don't know it is weird yeah
0: but it's cool that they listened to the the consumers because people made a big stink about it. So um, at least they're paying attention that much to want to bring them back.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. it's a good, good idea, I guess.
0: Okay. Well, damn, Paul, this has been awesome. I- I'm glad we were able to finally sit down and talk about the ban. Obviously when the, the LP or, you know, we're calling it the LP right now, um, whenever the, that comes out, would love to have you back to talk about that record.
1: That sounds great. I'd love to. Hell yeah! Thank um,
0: you. No, um, I, I, I definitely appreciate it. Uh, before we sign off, is there anything else you want to say or shout out?
1: New band from Atlanta called Hubble. Check them out. Okay. Um, new band from Jacksonville called Leaving Time. Check them out. They're really cool too. Uh,
0: like that name.
1: New North Carolina band ends of sanity. Okay. Um, What else? Those are probably three of my favorite, like new things that have come out.
0: That's awesome. Those are three bands I've never heard of. So I'm excited to go check them out.
1: Cool.
0: Oh yeah. So seriously, thank you again. Thank you everybody for tuning in. I
1: I appreciate all of you and we'll be back soon.